Welcome to a very special edition of Dyslexics Wanted, a production of the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia, an organization carrying on the important work of Dr. Gertrude Webb, a pioneer in the area of learning differences. Born in 1916, this native Bostonian was destined to teach, and in doing so, she changed so many lives. She founded the first program in the U.S. for college-able dyslexic students called the Program for Advancement in Learning, or PAL, at Curry College in Milton, where the Learning Center was renamed the Gertrude M. Webb Learning Center. Recently, that program at Curry celebrated its 50th anniversary with a virtual reunion of both students and teachers from different eras, all of whom were impacted by Dr. Webb, many who have followed along her path. We're happy to present an audio collage of the voices from that reunion so you can hear just how dyslexics and others have improved their learning skills and in turn their lives. The day began with an introduction by the current PAL director, Dr. Laura Vandenberg. This is our COVID life. So it's actually kind of fun. We've learned to sort of roll with the challenges that were presented. And I think that is a great transition to why the metacognitive model is so important. So it's our chance to think about our thinking, to reflect on our learning. As we are sitting here experiencing these technical issues, we're forced to adapt and demonstrate cognitive flexibility. Gertrude Webb's model in thinking about the student holistically from the basic cognitive subprocesses all the way up to the metacognitive reflection has served us very, very well as a program in times that likely, you know, and certainly we didn't anticipate, that likely she didn't anticipate. And to be able to carry forth that legacy has been such a great And to see our faculty embrace the implementation of the model from multiple locations, from multiple platforms, and with many, many different types of students has been such a joy. So with that, I think we can transition directly into the video. And I am just so excited to share with you Institutional Advancement's brand new launch of the PAL 50th. Dr. Gertrude Webb started this program before we even had a diagnosis called a learning disability. She was able to understand through the experiences of her own children that people who could otherwise understand the world understood and processed the world in different ways. And that that didn't necessarily match the way that we taught in school or the experiences that those children were having in schools. Her legacy is so far beyond that because she's transformed with the metacognitive model the way students think about themselves and the way that we think about students. Our job is to sort of sit inside our students' minds and feel what it feels like to see the world they, the way they do. So then when they experience that breakthrough, those moments of success, when they, they have now understood a pattern in their thinking and a different way to engage in that thinking, that is why I like coming to work every day. That's why PAL matters to me. A student came into the PAL program uh, to the AT Center and she wanted to talk about notes. And she goes, are you AJ McGilvery? And I go, yes, I am. She goes, I heard about you. Dr. Vandenberg was telling me about you. And that was really great because she, she wants to go into nursing. So being able to use what I've learned at PAL to help the, neuro, the neurodivergent learners get into the program that I'm, 
um, that I'm in just kind of made me want to study that extra hour and, and do a couple extra flashcards and all that. Last year, I had gotten my iPad and I was using an app. Something on the back end of the app got wiped and so all my work within the app had disappeared and so I came to try to figure out like why it disappeared and I think I spent on the first day like five hours here with um, Megan O'Brien and one of the other peer mobile learning tutors, um, Matt Mariani, and they were just willing to spend like five hours with me working through this app. And so I came back the next day, and again, I was there for like four hours. We set up a new iPad for me. We like did all these things. Obviously, I work with uh, Lena Brahams, my power advisor. And just the way that we go about each class and how we pretty much break each class down is what really like pretty much helps me a lot. And then I've built so many relationships with other, even other power advisors that I don't mind, like, that I don't really work with closely. But I think I've created so many bonds with everyone in the department that I feel like at home when I come to the power program. And also if I'm like just regular career college too. Thank you for supporting PAL and being part of our community. We are so excited to have our 50th anniversary and to have your support going into the future. We'll conclude with an array of former students, all success stories thanks to Dr. Webb. But first, the words of Gertrude's kids, beginning with Sam. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you all for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here today for honoring my mom and the 50 years, I can't believe it, since the founding in 1970. I also want to thank the entire Curry community, and that includes President Quigley, of course, uh, Laura Vandenberg, the current director of Pell, along with my sister Heidi and Sally Murray, who coordinated this entire gathering. Growing up, my mom, as uh, affectionately called by my dad, Gittle, used to always challenge us, and we were taught to always be curious and inquisitive. Our parents were often asking who, what, where, why, how come? Mom was always an enthusiastic learner and she was either learning or teaching and questioning and helping children and parents and educators school systems focus on finding students strengths and helping them develop strategies for strengthening their areas of weakness rather than the old remedial reading and other remedial classes that were just pouring salt on their open wounds nurturing all whom she had the pleasure of meeting was her modus operandi Seeing the glass half full was more than just a saying in our family. It was just a way of life. And my mom's father used to say, if he fell down the steps, I was going down anyway. Along with, if I get up, it's a good day. Mom often would ask us at breakfast, what could you do to make uh, that's constructive today? She helped so many children as well as her own children via their various learning styles. Some of them linguistics, other mathematical, some visual, others auditory and some tactile kinesthetic. She always stressed starting with building one's self-esteem, helping learners by teaching them about their individual gifts, talents, and various types of intelligences. And by doing this, she achieved amazing results. You know, she found that people always gravitate to what they like. So she would start out with finding what the individual students liked and building from there. She was also instrumental in building the uh, law of chapter 766 so that all students in Massachusetts would be entitled to a public education. She loved life and nature and people and herself, and nurturing was her mission. Helping people unlock their own unique abilities was her gift. 
While teaching at the college level, she developed a desire to teach college-able, unconventional learners, linguistically challenged, intelligent people who had reasonable comprehension and abstract reasoning, along with a desire to be successful in college. She felt they had the intellectual and academic ability with some reasonable accommodations, such as uh, books on tape, which she lobbied for with the Recording for the Blind and was able to get via the um, American Disabilities Act. She th couldn't get the college she was teaching at to uh, agree to accept such students, so she went to John Hafa, who was president of Curry back in 1970, and had an open mind. He asked her what she needed. She said, a classroom, a secretary, and a small budget. He said, okay, you got it. She got four students that she worked with that fall in the program, and she grew the program to over 150 students. And the rest is history, and uh, her vision is evidenced by all of your presence here today. And here's Dr. Webb's daughter, Heidi, founding board member of the Webb Innovation Center for Dyslexia. As I began to prepare my remarks to welcome you today, I asked myself, what about my mother brings us all together? More than eight years since her death, and in answer to that question, I'd like to recall some of how she lived her life, and why today I think she continues to be so very much alive in all of us. My first recollection is about her refirement. Note that she never called it her retirement because as she said, she wasn't slowing down. She was just getting fired up for her next act. That next act was answering yes to Bill Baldwin, a former PAL student, when he asked her if she'd become director of a nonprofit, ultimately formed and named the Webb Innovation Center for Dyslexia. At Wicked, she continued teaching students, parents, and educators how to create and deploy strength-based learning models, as she believed and often said, there are no learning disabilities, only teaching disabilities. In creating individually tailored models, she always began by asking a child her favorite question, what do you like to do on Saturday? She often said that once she had an answer to that question, she could teach any child to read because she could then start with a child's interest and build an appropriate curriculum from there. My mom's philosophy continues to live on in Wicked's Dyslexics Wanted podcast series, which is hosted by Jordan Ritz, former WBZ radio host, our fellow Curry alum, and a member of Wicked's board of directors. You can follow Dyslexics Wanted on Instagram or follow us on our website, dyslexicswanted.org. My other dominant recollection has to do with my mom's personal outlook on life. Thinking about her outlook, I'm reminded of a children's book called Miss Rumpheus, in which a little girl aspires to do three things in her life. Travel to faraway places, come home to live by the sea, and do something to make the world more beautiful. In that storybook, her something more beautiful was planting lupine seeds all over the little island where she grew up and where she would eventually come home to live by the sea. Planting seeds, she knew that every springtime, blue, purple, and rose-colored flowers would continue to bloom for years to come. Like Miss Rumpheus, my mom loved to travel and always had a sense of adventure, lived by the water where she always felt grounded in herself, my father who supported her in all her endeavors, and our family and made the world more beautiful when 50 years ago, here at Curry, she founded the PAL program, and in so doing, created the first program in the United States for college-able dyslexics. My mom often said that what made a garden beautiful was the diversity of its flowers, their differences, their varied strengths. She saw people just as she saw flowers, and so it is with that sentiment that I thank you all for being a part of her legacy garden, sowing your own seeds, and continuing to make the world more beautiful. Thank you all for being here. And now a short sampling of some of the reunion attendees and their thoughts. Um, I graduated from Curry in 87, so I was there from 83 to 87. My advisor was Marie Murphy, and I am truly indebted to her. Um, 
she got me through school, one. Two, she said to me, you know, there's this guy in my in one of my classes. You should come meet him. Well, we have now been married for 32 years. <laughs> um, so I will give Marie all the credit. Whew, sorry, didn't know that I was going to get emotional. Um, I'm a Montessori teacher, and I've been teaching now Montessori for 30 years. Ironically, I was t- I took my training between my junior and senior year of college in Montessori. And I came back to the school that fall and I said, you know, I know I'm supposed to do a senior teaching in a classroom, but I just took my Montessori training and they said, ah, really? Well, there's a Montessori school that just left our campus that used to be on our campus. Thatcher Montessori, you should go there. And I did. And I worked for them. I did my student teaching there. And I will always be indebted to Curry and to Marie and the PAL program. Um, when I interviewed for the school, they asked me, why do you want to come to Curry? And I said, oh, do I have another option? <laughs> and they said, uh, well, why? And I said, because I really struggle with school and I think that this program will help me. And as I said, I graduated in 87 and I will never, ever forget Curry for that. She used to leave out in her office this giant puzzle on a table. And I was just basically like a moth to a flame with that thing. Like I was always like, Ooh, a puzzle, you know? <laughs> you know, and then while I was doing it, she would always sort of sneak up beside me and be like, hey, how you doing? You know, and, and she would tell me this story about, you know, how she had this student who couldn't read very well. And that was how he was defined. And she was terrible at puzzles. And she, would, she was always like adamant about how awful she was at right. puzzles. It was always this fun sort of spin around. It's like, no, you're not bad at puzzles. I mean, like, you've got a puzzle out here all the time. You're always doing a puzzle. And, and she would try to talk you up and you would try to talk her up. And I was just wondering how many other people did a puzzle with her, I That's guess. a great question. I love that. Yeah. Fascinating memory because she did always say she struggled with sort of spatial, you know, relationships like that. And I think she used it as a you know, an entree, and and she made it her mission to sort of work on puzzles all her life, but it was not an easy, you know, I would say that was something that she found really challenging. But I remember the day my dad had heart surgery, I remember being at the hospital and completing a puzzle in the waiting area, because that was like the way we focused as a family. It was like, all right, we're gonna do this thousand piece puzzle and he'll be out of surgery. Gert Webb, as everyone has already said, she was, she was the person for me. She lived education. She was the model. She was just everything for, you know, just absolutely amazing. The whole PAL community, um, Ken Quigley also, as Sam said, Ken was my son's, my son graduated from Curry a number of years ago, and now I get to play with my the grandchildren. My son said that Ken was the best teacher he ever had when he took some business courses with Ken. So I've got this whole legacy with a lot of different people um, going on at PAL and it feels really good and I'm still there. So <laughs> Something that PAL gives you is the guidance. Motivation was really important for me and that patch always uh, guidance was so important for me. My nephew just graduated in May last year. He's doing really well. So I really appreciate Kerry, Pat, and my good hermano, brother, Alfredo. Your mother, you know, made my life wonderful. Um, I have a master's degree in electrical computer engineering because of your mother. I ended up struggling when I went back to grad school. Called your mother, drove from Amherst, met your mother. She hooked me up, made it work again. 
I was a very successful engineer for many years. It's been um, wonderful. I remember the 25th anniversary. Pal and Curry have a very special place in my heart. My memories of Dr. Webb was like having lunch with her after I graduated. I mean, she was estimation for so many people. And I can't thank your mother enough. I graduated in 78 and I came into Curry in, in 73. In that early year of 72, I came by uh, Curry to meet Dr. Webb in those days. I didn't know what kind of choices I was going to have because, of course, we were in Vietnam. Uh, the draft was going full bore. And was I going to be able to go to college or was I going to go to Vietnam? I really did not know. I wanted to have, I wanted to have a choice at least. And of course, for many of us in those days, uh, working in the public school system was, had just been hellacious. It wasn't fun. It was grueling. I remember coming in and interviewing with her and uh, she gave me a bunch of tests and, and she talked to me like a real person. That's what I remember particularly about. She was suddenly interested, like she's interested in me, of all people. It was small in there and it was intimate in there. And um, I thought, is this a college? What this, this is really more of a, just like a young elementary school here. I, I kind of like it. And um, we went through these tests and she um, had me step out for a little bit as she reviewed them. And then she called me back in and she says, we have a fit, you would do well here, she said. Uh, I hope you'll consider. Because normally you'd always gotten recognition things or you'd gotten accepting things or, or even not accepting things by through your parents, but this was different. I was with my mom at the time. My mom had driven me there. So we're, we're going back to uh, Natick and uh, I said, mom, I, they'll take me. And we shared the news at the house. Yeah, I have a choice. What was even more miraculous is that three days before graduation in 72, they stopped the draft. And I remember that, that feeling of elation is like, oh great, I'm not gonna die. <laughs> great, and I can go to college. I still use a lot of the material that I had, I had gained there. As a quick thumbnail, I have been 40 years in the entertainment industry as, as, either, as a professional dancer, mime, clown, stuntman, stunt coordinator, and now I'm doing some writing for Netflix of all things. I graduated back in 01. I remember being in the PAL program. I do remember not being able to write a report or a thesis without their help because my senior year of high school, I was sick, so I had to be homeschooled, unfortunately. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get into Curry and the PAL program was really what enticed me to go. So that actually was the reason that I accepted. I was really excited to be part of that program and they actually pushed me to be the best one that I could be. And I don't think that I would have graduated without their assistance. And I also thankfully graduated magna cum laude too. And that was really important to me because they kind of pulled me out of my shell a little bit. I never could apply myself because of reading comprehension and stuff. Hi, Alyssa. <laughs> they just made me feel like warm and welcoming and, and just always kind of like lifted me up and like pulled out my strengths and always kind of pushed it out of me and said, you can do this. You just need to kind of like apply yourself in like a very gentle way. And that was very like encouraging to me. How Dr. Webb challenged us, those students that knew her back then and thought of her a warm and nurturing uh, person, which she was, but one of my favorite memories, I think it's my favorite memories, is being in what we call the, the teacher's lunchroom for meetings, and man, did she challenge us. She would go around the table and say, 
explain to me what you did in your last session with a student that helped them understand their strengths or tell me this or tell me that and boy you better be prepared or uh, she would be asking you more questions uh, and I do think that that having her really challenge us and instruct us is what helped us all to grow. If it wasn't for PAL, I wouldn't be here. Thank you. The PAL program was established in 1970, 50 years ago. A first-of-its-kind program for learning differences, empowering each student to reach their maximum potential. And the woman behind it all was Dr. Gertrude Webb. To find out more about the Program for Advancement in Learning at Curry College, go to curry.edu. That's curry.edu. And to find out more about this podcast, visit dyslexicswanted.org. I'm Jordan Rich, thanking you for listening.